This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina Soyanova and Graham Williams. We've got a lot to talk about on today's program. As uh, usual, we have uh, what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Crave TV. And uh, we also have our Hot 5 app countdown. On the line right now, though, I want to uh, talk about uh, Apple TV, smart TV apps. We've got Pat- Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Uh, interesting announcement uh, a little while ago. Uh, Apple uh, is uh, making a bigger play into putting uh, sports, live sports, and news front and center. And uh, now that's coming to Canada. Yeah. Uh, so this was an announcement that came out at WWDC. I mean, it's it's a pretty big deal for people that are into live sports um, or interested in watching live television on their Apple TV. Basically, it's apps that were already available on the platform, um, so stuff like DAZN, uh, TSN Go, Sportsnet, um, and CBC on the news front. But what's different now is this live television is available specifically inside Apple's kind of um, TV app that's part of the Apple TV, which gives uh, users easier access to these apps. It's kind of like the one central location for content on the Apple TV so those apps are now part of that uh, specific app. What does this say for the, the future, in your uh, opinion, Patrick? You know, we uh, saw at the uh, Worldwide Developer Conference that Apple was uh, making uh, deals with uh, cable companies down in the U.S. to use the Apple TV as the set-top box. Uh, do you see a, a time in the future where people will be getting their TV through these types of uh, streaming boxes? Um, I, I mean... Uh, Younger people like myself, I've, I've never subscribed to cable. I've always had different apps that I jump between. Um, I think one of the issues with uh, people that are maybe more used to cable adopting that kind of strategy for consuming content is the fact that they have to have all these disparate different services. Um, something like the Apple TV, like you could have a Crave TV, you could have a Netflix subscription, but all that content's not in one place. You have to jump between apps. So, I mean, something like uh, the TV app on the Apple TV, uh, which is what what this whole live TV thing is about, makes that process a little easier. It's a little, um, I guess, uh, easier to swallow the prospect of cutting the cord when you have all that content in one place. Um, But there's always going to be people that cling to cable. There's a certain thing you won't be able to get through streaming apps. So I think we're going to see more cord cutting in the future. But uh, cable, at, at least for the foreseeable future, will always be around in, in some context. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, when you look at cable and all the, uh, I guess, the channels, like you're saying, all aggregated uh, in one area, uh, not bad value for the price, depending on what packages you get. Uh, I, I guess we could see that that price creep, uh, you know, like you were saying, uh, there's apps all over the place. You mentioned Crave TV. You know, eventually HBO Go will be up here. Uh, by the time you add it all up, you've got basically cable prices. Yeah, that, that's the issue too, right? If you if you pick a different, um, if you if you subscribe to various apps, that, that price starts to increase, right? That monthly bill that you're footing out to watch television, um, in order to get all the stuff that you get on cable, you, you're almost hitting that price point. Um, so, I mean, the key for me, anyways, with cord cutting, is always to be pretty selective. Only get the apps that you want. If there's a specific show that's airing at a specific time, subscribe to that app for that time period until the show is done airing and then cancel it if there's other content, if, the, if there's not other content you want to consume on it. Um, like, for example, I do that with, with Crave TV uh, and The Handmaid's Tale. 
when it's airing, I subscribe to Crave. When it's not airing, um, <laughs> I kind of cancel it because there's not other content I want to watch on the platform for the most part. Um, so that, that's, that's a way that you can kind of save money as a cord cutter. But uh, you're totally right. You can certainly approach that cable price point very quickly. I, you know, I wonder uh, how the cable companies uh, are looking to the future. I know, uh, you know, here in uh, Western Canada, we have Shaw, you know, with their uh, new Blue Sky TV. The box keeps adding uh, new streaming services. You know, they added Netflix, and just recently they added YouTube uh, as well. Uh, I wonder, you know, as cable subscriptions go down, our Internet prices will go up to, to make up for that difference because they, they've got to keep their money going, their revenue going. Yeah, I think that's something you're going to see a little bit of. Uh, you're also going to see uh, traditional cable uh, providers offering more IPTV services, so internet delivered through the uh, television delivered through the internet, rather. Um, Rogers recently rolled out Ignite TV. That's kind of their uh, competitor to Bell's Five TV. That's a an IPTV service where there's there's apps where you can consume television, and then you can also watch it on like the traditional TV as well. Um, so I think we're going to see a variety of different things that traditional Canadian uh, Canadian uh, uh, television providers are going to do in order to compete with the various uh, disparate streaming apps that they keep launching in Canada. Do you think Apple has a play in this whole world in the future? Is this uh, you know a big revenue area for them? Well, we see we see rumors all the time about Apple signing different agreements with different production companies, bringing on different different actors for specific projects. They've never. Uh, admitted anything concrete. It's been long rumored that Apple's trying to reach some sort of deal um, to launch their own streaming app, kind of a Netflix competitor, an Amazon Prime Video competitor. Um, I don't know when that's coming, but there's so many rumors that there has to be some truth to it. Um, So I do. I do definitely see something coming from Apple in that regard at some point in the future. We're talking with Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us today, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Still lots to talk about here on the program today. Of course, we will be talking about what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV, all your favorite TV shows and movies. Some really cool ones coming up. And we also have our Hot 5 App Countdown and, of course, our Travel, Fitness, and Game Apps of the Week. And uh, we'll also do a Facebook, Facebook tip as well for all those people still using Facebook out there. Right now, I want to talk about uh, music, the music industry, and uh, how they're trying to cope with uh, raising revenue. On the line, we've got our good friend Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us, Rose. Thanks so much for having me. So, uh, great article, by the way. According to the documents released under the Access to Information Act, uh, University of Ottawa law professor Michael Geist, who we've had on the show before, uh, found that federal government officials were pitched the idea in September 2017 by the Canadian Private Copy Copying Collective, the CPCC, basically asking for the government to pay music copying fees for all smartphones sold in the country. What does this mean? So the Canadian Private Copying Collective is something not a lot of Canadians might be familiar with, but they're the collective that administers a tax on blank CDs for their potential use in privately uh, private copying of music. So essentially, uh, you know, back in the day, music companies were concerned that their music was being copied onto blank discs. So how they solved that was a tax on those discs. 
And since then, there's been concern that and, and an advocation on the point, uh, advocacy on the point of the Canadian Private Copying Collective that the same should go for iPods, SD cards, and smartphones. So that's what they're talking about here is the idea that every single smartphone should be taxed for its, uh, you know, for its potential to hold private copies of music. How likely is this to to happen? And I mean, the world has changed dramatically when it comes to people consuming uh, content, especially music. Everyone's into music subscriptions now. I don't know how many people are actually uh, copying music anymore. I, I, I bet the figures would show that it's down dramatically. And that's certainly the argument against it, is that actually with the advent of streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music, uh, a lot less people have been, you know, taking CDs, ripping tracks off of them and putting them on their device. So it doesn't really make sense in the same way that the blank CD tax made sense. Um, and then, so that's kind of been the argument against it. And, and though the CPCC has said, okay, well, you know, if we're not going to get legislative reform, and this is something that Music Canada has already said as well, is that instead we'll have the government give us funding that would be equivalent to that sort of payment. And so that would be $40 million for four years. That's what their proposal was. <laughs> um, but there's already been some kickback from uh, people like Mr. Michael Geist and others who are saying that this is very similar to the idea of taxing the Internet um, for its capabilities of holding you know, broadcast TV. Sure, the Internet has broadcast TV, but it has a lot more than that, too. So the regulation becomes a lot less clear in this case. $160 million is a lot of money that uh, they're asking for. Uh, It's not likely to happen, is it? It's not very likely to happen. Of course, we haven't seen any movement on it yet. Um, But this does seem more like an aspirational wish on the part of Music Canada, which represents companies like Sony Music Entertainment, Universal Music, Warner Music, uh, and a bunch of other affiliates as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it makes sense. It's just, you know, the bigger companies trying to, to make sure that they can get, you know, uh, funding and revenue from as many different spots as possible. But it isn't likely to go through. I hope not. I don't need another tax on, on uh, you know, my internet uh, or, or my data plans for that matter, because obviously uh, that cost would be passed on to me, uh, you know, but it's, it's crazy. Like I, I have, I think, two music subscription services uh, for my family. I'm paying 30 bucks a month, uh, which, you know, I think is great, uh, great value. But uh, obviously the music industry uh, not making enough money off that music subscription services. Well, in fact, the data has shown that revenue and Canada's place in the music industry is only sort of growing and increasing. Um, So there's not quite as much need for funding and subsidies as, say, like the Canadian uh, television and film industry. They might have more of a case for it. But Canadian music industry is, from all accounts from recent studies, actually doing um, pretty well. On the global scene. We're talking with Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup uh, about a, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a request from the music industry back in 2017, uh, asking the government to uh, give over 160 million dollars uh, for the past four years uh, f- 
on people copying music on smartphones, that probably isn't really happening. I want to thank you for joining us, Rose. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's uh, get our Facebook tip of the week from Graham. What do we got, Graham? So we get a lot of requests come in uh, to ask about, you know, how do I do certain things? And we get these coming in through our Facebook page and through our uh, our Twitter. And uh, this week we actually are going to be revisiting one based on a question from a listener out there, and which is, how do I stop people from tagging me on Facebook? Uh, the long and the short of it is, you can't stop anyone from tagging you, but you can prevent those tags from showing up on your timeline. There's sort of a limited amount of control that you've got on Facebook. So what you can do is go to Facebook privacy settings in the top right-hand corner of your Facebook page if you're on the web, or it's in the bottom bar. If, uh, if you're using the app uh, and you're going to go to privacy settings under privacy settings you're going to see a lot of stuff there I'd recommend that you actually go through and start to review all of these things do it regularly uh, we saw actually not too long ago that Facebook uh, it was probably about two weeks ago had accidentally changed the audience settings for a lot of people from uh, friends or private to public on a number of posts I actually had to go back and review a number of mine none of mine were affected but a few of my friends were and they were rather frustrated by this so go to your privacy settings go down to timeline and select tagging. Hit edit and you'll be able to see a pop-up window that will let you review all of these posts that your friends can tag you in. Uh, Essentially what I would do is suggest that you set everything to approval. So you'll get a notification anytime somebody tags you and you'll have the option of either adding that to your timeline or not. Now it's not going to remove the tag from that. Um, You can actually remove the tag but your name can still be tagged in there on your friend's timeline. But if you really feel strongly that you shouldn't have something there, something shouldn't be tagged as you, you can reach out to that person and talk to them. Or you can also submit that to Facebook for review, and they'll actually follow through and uh, see about getting that tag removed as well. So best thing you can do, go to privacy settings, go to timeline, and change your tagging settings to approval. You know, Graham, I still find on Facebook, uh, I know we all have concerns uh, now, even more so with uh, all the crap that Facebook has gone through about uh, sharing our data with just about everyone and their dog. Uh, going into the privacy and security settings is still, I think for a lot of people, very confusing. It's a bit of a mystery, which is why it's really important to take the time to review these things and actually read into what it is that they do. Um, typically right now, if the, you are going with the standard Facebook settings, you're probably revealing a little too much of yourself to people in the general public. I mean, some people do like to live that way with all of their stuff out there so that everybody can see everything. Uh, personally, I think though, that our privacy is very important. So being able to review that stuff and shut some of those settings down so that they're a little bit more locked down is probably a good exercise for anyone. I'd recommend doing that every month or so. Basically, going into those settings, just do a quick review and see if they are set to exactly what you need. You are listening to The App Show with Mike Graham and Christina. When we come back from the break, it's hot. The Hot 5 App Countdown. We're going to review... uh, the Hot 5 apps uh, this week. And of course, uh, later on in the program, what's streaming on the streaming services. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike, Graham, and Christina here in studio. We do have lots more to talk about on the program today, including what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, and Crave TV. And of course, our uh, fitness and travel apps at the end of the show as well. Before we uh, get to all of that, it's uh, that time. The Weekly App Hot five. This week, the weekly uh, weekly app hot five, Christina. This week, we have the hot five mobile browsers. If you want to ditch your uh, native browser on your device, this is the list for you. 
So starting off at number five, what do we have? Uh, number five, we actually have Safari. So this is not ditching your native browser. This is sticking right with the core. But if you are an Apple user, you're probably a big fan of Safari because it is incredibly fast. It does synchronize through iCloud, uh, synchronizes your passwords with Keychain. Uh, it's just a great little all-around browser if you're using an iOS device. And uh, this is something I use all the time. Uh, I know there are other browsers available on my iPhone, but um, I don't ever really get to them. Apple's doing a really a lot of really great things that kind of keeps you inside that ecosystem. One of the things that they have done is really reduce the amount of uh, ads, uh, ad tracking that's done uh, through Safari. And now you can add ad blockers as well. So it, it really kind of cleans up that mobile experience. Add on to that reader view, which is that little button at the top window. And it gives you this very clean way of going through a lot of the content on the web without a lot of the distractions out there. Well, maybe I will be inspired by the next four, right? <laughs> Number four, Christina, on our Hot 5 app countdown this week, we're talking about Hot 5 mobile browsers. What do you got? Number four is Dolphin. This one actually has impressive gesture support, which is uh, the thing that you are going to want to download this one for. You can even set your own gestures, uh, like drawing a letter or something for a certain thing you want it to do. So when you're saying gesture sh- support, like how does that work? So you're using a gesture instead of tapping on a specific uh, button to to perform an action. So you might be swiping uh, left to, you know, cha- move over to the next page or whatever the case may be. And you can actually set shortcuts for certain websites. So, for example, I use Reddit a lot. You can, like you said, uh, basically sort of scroll an R on the screen. It will automatically load Reddit for you. Oh, really? Yeah, very neat. That is kind of cool. Yeah. So I go to the CBC News uh, website a lot, so I can just create a little C. Yep. There you go. Wow. Ta-da. I like it. You might be drifting away from Safari after all. (laughs) We will see. We will see. We're talking about the Hot 5 mobile apps this week, or mobile browser apps. Our countdown, we're up to number three. What do we got? Uh, Number three is Chrome, and this is obviously put out from Google. Uh, Chrome is a very powerful, very fast browser. It's great if you're on Android and it's good if you're on iOS. Uh, it does synchronize up through your Google account, so it'll bring over all of your passwords and all of your favorites. Um, Google has actually recently also implemented ad tracking. Uh, so, so basically you can do the do not track stuff on this as well. They kind of followed Apple's lead on that one. Uh, incredibly fast browser engine on Android though, so a really great choice uh, if you were in that ecosystem. I, I downloaded it for my iPhone, uh, and again, I just um, I don't ever really need it. I use Chrome all the time on my desktop, whether that's Mac or Windows, uh, but uh, do you use it, Graham? I, I, I don't. Um, personally, I use Chrome as a backup browser, so if any, if I ever load something in Safari and it doesn't work, yeah. um, I do find though, because I, I'm using Chrome, uh, sorry, I'm using Safari on the desktop as well, being able to synchronize, again, passwords, favorites, that is cool, visited yeah. sites, that kind of cohesion is good. Um, you know, that kind of cohesion within the Chrome universe as well is also quite handy, so you can kind of bring things back and forth, so that may be a reason to give it a shot. I am all over the place in this department. Yeah. I'm using Chrome at work, Firefox at home, and Safari on my phone. You don't have a single point of failure, though. That's over pretty the no place. Loyal, you have no loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are talking about our Hot 5 uh, app countdown this week. This week, it is the Hot 5 mobile browsers. Uh, we'd have uh, Safari, Dolphin, Chrome. Number two, what do we've got? Number two is Opera Mini. This one is a great choice if you have trouble managing your data or you live in an area where data is slow. Mike, I'm looking at you. Yes. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going on out there in White Rock. I live in a Faraday cage. <laughs> <laughs> so this one blocks ads and compresses parts of web websites so that it will uh, load things faster for you and lower your data usage. So it's a great option, again, if you're struggling with data management or live in an area that is a little tricky data-wise. Yeah, Opera's kind of an unsung hero. It's been around for many years now. Uh, and to your point, Christina, uh, being able to have a browser that's really minimal on the data use is uh, a huge benefit, especially if uh, you're in a, a bad area or you don't have any data on your plan like a lot of people do or don't have. Number one, mobile web browser this week. Just before we get to number one, I just want to point out that you called Opera an unsung hero. I appreciate that so deeply. You know, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Thanks. Our number Thanks, one browser is Firefox Focus. Now, if you've heard of Firefox, this is actually a derivative browser. It's a privacy-focused browser from Mozilla. Um, it's using, the obviously, the WebKit engine on iOS, but it's actually using the Blink engine on Android, so it's very, very fast. Uh, but it is privacy-focused, so it, it automatically blocks online trackers, including third-party advertising, and uh, it uses the disconnect block list to kind of keep that up to date and separate. It also doesn't include, uh, doesn't turn on telemetry by default. Typical Firefox does, Firefox Focus doesn't. And so what that means is it's not sending information back to Mozilla's servers. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I know um, the new BlackBerry actually uses um, Firefox Focus mm -hmm. in their, what they call their lock or the special little secret place. So again, not, not tracked. Ta-da, privacy. Privacy. Just like that. That was your Hot 5 app countdown this week. Uh, that was the Hot 5 mobile browsers. Uh, Graham, we are going to get into gaming now. What is our uh, our game app of the week? Our game app of the week is Justice Royale. So Justice Royale is a fast-paced beat-em-up uh, action game, and it's a ton of fun. It's basically a brawler where you have RPG elements, and you're swiping and tapping your way through a city bat battling reckless bicyclists, oblivious tourists, and dangerous subway performers. So if you've ever been in a city and just went... Ah, uh, heck, I'm really ticked off with people. Justice Royale has a bit of fun for you. Uh, Gesture-based controls, uh, very, very easy to use. Uh, there are episodic levels. There's a, there's a bit of a story to it. Um, and again, it's free with in-app purchases uh, for both iOS and Android. So it's a lot of fun that you can just download and give a go. Just, Justice Royale. Justice Royale. So, Graham, uh, back a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, a new app uh, that was available from Steam. They are the big uh, gaming uh, provider and streamer online. So many gamers use it. Uh, by a company called Valve. Uh, they came out with an app to stream your games on Android, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, but not available on Apple yet. And so they submitted it to the Apple App Store. But the problem was that, uh, like a lot of apps like this, this actually contained a link to their store inside it. Um, which, oh, you know, that's it, why. They... It was streaming and mirroring. Interesting thing, at WWDC, they came out with new guidelines for apps like this, uh, specifically to address the problems with this particular app. So at this point, I don't know if Apple is waiting on Valve to resubmit or if Valve has already resubmitted and waiting for Apple to approve it. But uh, assuming that both of those things have happened, uh, it should be back on, well, it should be on the Apple App Store fairly soon. Well, tell our listeners again what this this app does. It's pretty cool, actually. Yes, yeah, so this is basically, it's almost like a, like a streaming app for your computer at home. So essentially, you've got a home computer that's, you know, very powerful and, you know, you've got, it's in your den, but you want to play these games on your big screen or on your mobile screen. Essentially, this Steam Link app connects up to that computer and it streams the gameplay uh, over your network so that you can actually play these games in real time off your computer on your phone, your tablet, or your TV through either an Apple TV or a Steam Link device. So basically, it's almost like a big video extension cable plugging into the device that you want to play. 
Uh, and you can either use a Steam Link controller or a keyboard and mouse, depending on the device that you're streaming to, and play all of your favorite games on all of these different visual outputs, uh, whether it's your TV or your devices. And hopefully coming to the iPhone or iPad soon. Knock on wood. We can dream. Don't forget uh, to listen to our sister show, Get Connected uh, Radio, every week, Saturday mornings from 10 to 11 here on CKNW 980. We talk about all the latest and greatest in the uh, tech world. We also have a good contest going up on getconnectedmedia.com. We're giving away a Dell Latitude notebook. It is a fantastic prize, a beautiful uh, notebook. And again, it's super easy to win. Just go up uh, again, getconnectedmedia.com, hit the contest page and uh, take your chances. When we come back from the break, still lots more to talk about, including streaming, what movies and TV shows are streaming on Netflix, Prime Video, and Crave TV. Listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina and Graham. We still have a lot more to chat about today. Coming up, uh, we will have our game app of the week and also fitness and travel apps as well. But uh, as you know, it's that time. Streaming this week. There's a lot of shows to uh, chat about uh, this week. We will start with uh, our friends over at Netflix. The first one, Unsolved, the murders of Tupac and the Notorious B.I.G. I think he was 24 when he was killed. Tupac was 25. Kids, man. So this is a uh, a miniseries uh, that uh, is available up on uh, Netflix that... Uh, goes through the murders of uh, those two uh, artists. Have you seen this yet? I haven't seen it yet. No, it looks like a fascinating take on the story, though. I know, uh, Christina, you're a big 90s uh, music fan. I, I am, yes. Were, were you fans of these guys? I, I was, and I still am. <laughs> so you'll be watching this? Yes, definitely. Up next, uh, we uh, also have uh, on Netflix, Kim's Convenience, uh, a good uh, old CBC show. I'm a Mr. Keyman. This is my stock. I'm working very hard every day. <laughs> my wife, Mrs. Kim, is working hard too with a very happy family. One day my daughter Janet did just take over store. I'm not taking over the store. What's wrong with the store? Okay, maybe not now, but... I'm not taking over the store ever. Okay. <laughs> Uh, again, uh, a great CBC series, CBC series that you can binge watch uh, up on Netflix. We also have Brain on Fire. They just said that she had a seizure. I've seen this before, but Wall Street guys who've been all stressed out. There's nothing wrong with them. It's all in their heads. Her MRI is normal. Her neurological exam is all normal. I'm looking in her eyes, and I can tell she's not there. It's New York. I'm so unhappy there, and I can't handle it. Is there something wrong with her or is she going crazy? You'll have to watch the movie uh, to find out. This is uh, Christina's uh, favorite uh, show coming up on Netflix, Cooking on High. Cooking shows like Hell's Kitchen and Iron Chef are incredibly popular. So is the topic of cooking with cannabis. Combine the two and you have the new Netflix show, Cooking on High. Finally, <laughs> Cooking with Cannabis. Do you know how many uh, shows are coming out, Cooking with Cannabis, or Cooking with Cannabis-like shows? So I actually had some friends uh, pitch this idea to me probably about five years ago. They were incredibly high at the time, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? That's a great idea. You guys should do something about it. I need to find out who's actually behind this. I, I wonder if it's them. Uh, you know, some people are excited about this. Christina, your thoughts? 
Um, I have no thoughts. I'm just not really into uh, this culture quite yet. <laughs> not yet. Well, it's going to be legal, so... Yeah, I know I have to get there pretty quick here, but... Uh... It's, it's being legal, not mandatory. You don't need to rush out and light up a spliff the moment it, ha- it happens. No, you know what, though? It's interesting because I've been starting to do uh, a bit of research just uh, getting myself versed on, you know, what's going on and all the things. And it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of my friends are actually sort of in the industry, and uh, right now they're they're hiring for cannabis oh, sommeliers. You mean, you mean they're drug dealers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, hang on a second. No, uh, they they're actually in hiring in HR, and so they're hiring for a lot of these businesses now that are going to be selling marijuana. And so the position that they're hiring for currently is cannabis sommelier. Yeah, so I kind of went down the rabbit hole with like strains and the different balances of the chemicals in there and what they're doing to you. Um, it is very interesting. I encourage it, people to get an, educated on it, if it, nothing else. It's kind of art and science. So yeah, very cool. Very neat. Next up on Netflix, Desolation. Are you afraid of camping? Well, you will be after this movie. Jen? Jen? Mom? Jen's not in her tent, honey. Jen! What are we going to do? We're going to go get help. You can't just leave her behind. I need to get you out of these woods. We're going to need to go off trail. Dad said you should never go off trail. This is a freaky movie. I don't think I will look at camping the same way anymore. I literally just waterproofed my tent on the weekend. Thanks for that. You're welcome. (laughs) On Crave TV, we'll switch. Uh, We've got Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the season five. Life is a fragile thing. We must cultivate the beauty and prune back the rest. If you're into the Marvel Universe, definitely uh, a series uh, to check out. Let's uh, switch gears now and uh, Graham, a game app of the week. That was uh, what was streaming this week. When we come back from the break, we'll have our fitness and travel app of the week. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. Before we get to our travel app of the week with Christina, we have Graham with the fitness app. What do we got this week? Our fitness app of the week is a pedometer from ITO Technologies. And this is available for iOS and Android. It is free, but with a premium subscription. You might wonder why you might want a pedometer app, considering that they are typically built into your phone right now. But uh, pedometer is actually, it's a fairly extensive app. So if you do a lot of walking, it gives you quite a bit more data. And uh, essentially, all you need to do is just start up the app and hit start. Uh, But what it'll actually do is record things like your cadence, uh, the calories burned. It will give you a lot of graphed information based on your uh, your exercise over time. You can compare different walks to each other. uh, And you can basically take that data and start to uh, some sort of build a a suite of information about yourself and how you walk over time. So it's it's a pretty cool little app. Again, it's available for iOS and Android. And it's called Pedometer from ITO Technologies. Thank you, Graham. Uh, Christina, it's that time. What do you got for us uh, for travel? I have an app called TV Food Maps. TV Food Maps. I know, right? So this is an interactive app and a website, and it finds restaurants and eateries that have a, have appeared on various television food shows along your route. So if you're road tripping this summer, you can actually plug in your starting point and your destination and then let it know how far off course you're willing to venture it, and it'll suggest some places that have appeared on food shows that you can try out. That's kind of cool. So I guess the idea is there, hopefully the, sh- the, the places that they've featured on these uh, TV shows are half decent. 
here's hoping. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm wondering why they're featuring them. This one is available on Android and iOS for free. And again, it also has a web app if you're wanting to use it on your computer. Kind of cool. Graham, you did a road trip down through the southern U.S. How did you find places to eat? Uh, basically, I was using Yelp. I was using uh, Google Maps, Apple Maps, and looking on the side of the road, I kind of stopped everywhere and ate everything. Um, people keep asking me, how long was your trip down to New Orleans? I said eight pounds. Eight pounds. So uh, I had uh, I stopped off in Lafayette and had the greatest soft shell crab I've ever eaten at a place called the Blue Dog Cafe. Um, I didn't want to leave. I got a server closing now. And I'm like, no, but, but, but more. <laughs> so. uh, the app again, Christina? TV Food Maps. TV Food Maps. Next time you go on one of your road trips, you got to try that one. Taking TV Food Maps with me. TV Food Maps. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected, every Saturday from 10 to 11 uh, in the morning here on CKW 980. It's also broadcast across the Coors Radio Network. We talk about all things tech on that, including digital smart homes, digital cameras, uh, anything techy. And uh, a lot of times uh, we have a lot of great tips and tricks uh, as well. That's all the time we have left for the App Show. Mike Agarbo, Christina Stoyanova, and Graham Williams signing off. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.